that the teachers are alive. They're not books. They are the very living essences of nature itself. What a strange person. Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality, and we don't have a clue yep. as to how to operate it. So when maybe you or somebody else creates an AGI system, and you get to ask her one question, what would that question be? outside the simulation. Say in your mind, say to yourself, I am more than my physical body because I am more than physical matter. I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. KTLK Digital Broadcasting. It's uh, September the 9th on into the 10th as we head into this uh, full moon and Mercury is in retrograde again. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to be a victim to it or what? Not I. Chance from the Interverse Podcast is back here with us again tonight and... um, I have an announcement to make about Friday nights. Because of the ongoing projects, I'm not I'm not sure how much longer. Um, just being sick with this whole vid thing has really like opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. Uh, there, there's some stuff I really want to get done, and I am not sure that we'll be doing five nights a week very much longer. I got to make it to a thousand episodes before we start season two, of lighting the void. That's my promise, but. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do five nights a week anymore. Um, I'm just getting old, man. But um, tonight, it's gonna, definitely going to be worth it because we, I mean, it's the Pisces full moon. It's the start of Mercury retrograde. Uh, you can already hear the fucking technical problems happening already. So um, I haven't done any banishings or any, you know, push away stuff. I got to get on that ASAP. So, uh, yeah, tonight's open lines. Call number is 1-800-588-0335. I'm supposed to have my co-host with me tonight, too, 
I hope he shows up. Chris, are you there, brother? Did you call in? All right, hold on. Let me get you on the line. I have to. I had to reset everything because uh, Windows loves to keep doing updates. You there, Chris? Can we hear you now? I can hear you now. Can good, you hear good. me? Good. This is going to be good because Chance is cool, and uh, I know you guys will kick it off too. So the InnerversePodcast.com. We've had Chance on a couple of times already. Uh, he does a show called the Interverse Podcast, and we've played it on the fringe for quite some time. But this dude needs really no introduction. He's all about consciousness, creativity, and self-discovery. One of the coolest dudes on the planet. And uh, thanks for joining me and Chris tonight, brother. It's good to have you here. Hey, yeah, it's been too long, man. I'm really excited to join you guys. This is Coach Chris, by the way. I don't think you two have met. Nice to meet you, Coach Chris. Cool, man. Hey, yeah, nice to meet you too, Chance. Looking forward to chatting. So we yeah, got dude, that uh, that Mercury Gatorade, though, right? Mercury <laughs> Gatorade with uh, hit me with the sniffles is what came on for me. Yeah, and, you had uh, it shit too. You had this crap. Oh, uh, I wouldn't call it this crap. I think it was probably you know a mixture of my diet not being as tight as usual and allergens that are more difficult in my region the beginning of September. So I got these sniffles and my voice wasn't doing so hot. And then, you know, I was like, healer, heal thyself. Right. Exactly, man. <laughs> so uh, I spent uh, 20, 30 minutes before we came on the air, just hitting my voice and my face and the facial lymph nodes and doing all the sound healing practices that I know how to do. And it made a humongous difference. Like <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't have even recognized my voice 30 minutes ago compared to now. So it's pretty cool. This stuff works amazingly well. You can self-medicate with sound. It's super simple and it also works on everything, not just your voice, but really great for the voice. Well, I, I gotta tell you, man, I'm, Woo! That's been uh, like Chris and a, a couple of friends and listeners have been like, are you okay? Are you okay? And dude, there was a time when I just, I swear, I have not had fever like that. I couldn't open my eyes, dude. I was down in the darkness, bro. And I thought, this yeah, is just I think a damn... Snake, I think it's snake venom. Dude, I'm into that idea. I'm like, I had dude, something like what you're describing in January and... It knocked me down hills and it feels like you've been poisoned, bro. Like, yeah, just. yeah, yeah. Uh, and you know what? The only things that YouTube has kicked me off for, I'm not fully banned from YouTube, but the only strikes and removed videos for me have been the ones where we question the whole idea and possibility that this is a in mass envenomation going on. <laughs> and it's not a virus, it's fucking venom. And that was with David Whitehead. He has an incredible documentary series called Cult of the Medics, which isn't even in itself about the Venom idea. We were just exploring that separately. But that's uh, right now, I think he's up to eight episodes of this, going to be a 12 episode arc, getting into the, you know, okay, so I will, I will say, I'm not on the train of like blame everything on Freemasons per se, but it is true that the medical sorcerers and cult and all the, controllers of the world do like to adopt the symbolism of the mystery schools and wrap themselves in that clothing. So he definitely knocks down some doors going from, you know, opening the hospital doors and finding themselves in the basement of <laughs> Knights Templar thousands of years ago and how all this cult of the medics thing really got started. And that's the only thing YouTube ever kicked me off for 
anytime recently was talking about snake venom as a possible vector for what they call COVID. I like to call it cooties. Good way to get around censorship algorithms. <laughs> and it's funny to mock it because it's so stupid. But I did get, you know, I got knocked down by something too. It felt like poison. I don't think it was a, I don't really buy the virus thing anyway. Well, I don't know what, dude, I think... Chris, I mean, you can you chime in here too, buddy. Like, I think uh, that it's a it's a cold virus. Okay, what I went through was a cold. Don't get me like, don't get me wrong. It was a cold, but um, it was a very advanced one, and it's either that or you know maybe maybe it was my health, right? Because I haven't been getting any sleep. I've been so freaking stressed out lately, and you know. I know for a fact that I can't yeah, man. When you don't get COVID. the right rest, your your body can't uh, run the dishwasher. Exactly. So to speak. And, and I know also, for a man, fact I, I, I came wanna... in contact with COVID. Chance I know I did because I went and helped take care of a lady that had it, and I mean, all over me, man. Like I I should have got sick, but I didn't, and I didn't get sick then because my body could handle it, and that's probably what happened. To be honest with you, I mean, I don't know. You won't want to hear this because of what your job is, but <laughs> I just had an incredible guest on the show who uh, talks all about getting your light life right. Right. And so she had what they call Lyme disease. She had those symptoms just like horribly exhausted, mentally not there. All right. And, you know, other kind of symptoms after some tick bites that she had and the doctors are like, okay, you want some antibiotics? We'll give you three months of antibiotics. And she's like, what if that doesn't work? And she's hip to the fact that antibiotics wreck your system in other ways. And they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just give you another three months of antibiotics because that's how they treat it. Just perpetual nuking your gut. So she instead, with a great show of fortitude, her name's Jackie Jolie. It's one of the newest episodes. I think of my I show. know Jackie Jolie. I think I, I might have. She was on like before. the higher side chats and cosmic keys recently. So she's kind of getting around and yeah, she, she basically had the fortitude even while ill to do the research on what she could do to help herself out. Right. And it came down to just getting herself in the circadian rhythm. Optimally. I believe that. I re what do you think about that? Chris, you're into the health and fitness stuff. I've been preaching this just out of experience because that's what healed me from, from, from dying. Uh, I was on the borderline of having to go through chemo. And I, that was back in 2016. So here it is 2022. And I still say that getting yourself on that circadian rhythm is, is, is a, is a big step in getting your life in balance. Um, I just mentioned that to a buddy a week ago uh, because it just seems a natural way. And, and I can't say that I read it anywhere or that I heard it anywhere. It's just been what's worked in my life, um, rising with the sun. You know, here, here I am. I had to, you know, take a bunch of coffee just to stay up with you tonight, Joe. But, you know, usually I'm out, you know, by 8 o'clock at nighttime, and I, I talked to you about e eating two hours before bed, you know, getting 10 hours for that food to process and then waking up fresh. I, I haven't used an alarm for ten, 10 plus years. I, I, don't, I never have to use an alarm. It's just something about uh, 
I can pretty much wake up whenever I want to. And it's people used to say it's because I was in the service. It has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. It has just to do with, I, I, I have no explanation really. It's just seems a natural oh, man. way. Let me just talk, throw it in way. here. Like, if uh, what what's the use of all the occult knowledge and correspondences, man? You, recognition of the pattern of the zodiac, and exactly. If we don't also then imitate what nature does, right? Yeah, the knowledge of how that cycle works. <laughs> and I really like Chris knows this too, man, because he's been helping coach me with my health and stuff. Like I really haven't been taking care of myself, man. You know, I really like. I sleep okay, but it's all about, like, hydration, rest, and good, healthy food. And the circadian rhythm thing, I'm really, like, digging that, too. But that is one. You're right. I mean, like, how could you say, how could you even go around talking about, you know, the occult or hermetics if you don't see that there are vibrations and rhythms in all this stuff, right? Like, it would be crazy for me. So, it, I mean, I'm not trying to beat myself up here, but... It is yeah, kind no of my fault, needed. you know, like you, you <laughs> the only thing that we can do to combat illness to begin with, it, the best thing that we can do is stay healthy, is stay in balance, right? Like you're, when you're right, you're right, bro. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that ever healed anything is nature. Nature's a self-regulating system, self-harmonizing, self-repairing. It puts every environment into balance and equilibrium given it, you know, left to its own devices and to do what it does. And our bodies are an environment. We are nature. So <laughs> the only difference between us and the rest of nature is we can get in our own way and kind of refuse to this free will thing to do, you know, get with the program. But there are things that you can do and still maintain a similar lifestyle to what you're doing now. You know, you could get those extremely dark, like red tinted glasses so that your work on screens after a certain time of night isn't disrupting your uh, circadian rhythms to the same degree, help you sleep better. There's some things you can do and still sort of live in the techno Babylon. <laughs> There's ways to improve the situation. But, you know, the other thing that's been really helpful for me is a uh, Qigong practice. And that was another great episode of my podcast recently with the uh, Qigong master that I learned from probably almost a decade ago. And I finally managed to get a hold of him for an interview and I'm glad that it took till now because having, because I, I learned from his videos online. And so having had this practice of movement, you know, meditative movement and energy <laughs> for years is like, I don't think I'd be able to do what I do with the sound healing, you know, and sound healing is even kind of the, the wrong word for what I do, but because that's a term people sort of will recognize, I tend to use it unconsciously, but it's really more like, uh, balancing aura balancing than sound healing. Like I don't heal anybody. The sound doesn't heal anybody. The body auto corrects itself by being able to compare its own vibratory pattern to that, which is coherent. So the sound is coherent and the body picks up on that and adjusts itself, but it's really the, the body and nature does all the work. So I kind of forget and call it sound healing, but that is the gist of it. It isn't Though, like a lot of things that get labeled sound healing, we're not talking about sitting around in a yoga studio with singing bowls or gongs or things like that. Not that there's no value to those things. There is. But the work I do is with tuning forks and 
there's like <laughs> entire science. It's a technical science to it that is quite remarkable. Maybe we can get into that, how the anatomy of our energetic field is consistent for all human beings. And uh, it's pretty, pretty amazing to learn about. And it sort of brings some, it's not solidity in a literal sense, but it brings some concrete understanding to what the ancients have talked about forever with things like the chakra system. And we can actually detect that with the tools that we have in the tuning forks and things like dowsing. Chris, you ever done any of that dowsing or worked with tuning forks or anything like that? No, but what I was really interested was what you talked about, uh, your preparation before the show, smacking your face mm. and getting your voice ready. I actually, Oh no, I didn't smack I, my face. I, <laughs> I was gentle on it. <laughs> oh yeah. And so were you doing like vocal exercises? Was that similar to what you're talking about? Like using sound to prepare your voice, your own sound? Yeah. Yeah. So I had like some major lymph cloggage in my face and that was causing my whole head to be a bit jammed up. Right. So I have weighted tuning fork. That's one tool that I recommend to anybody very much. The easiest way to work on yourself anywhere in the body is with a weighted tuning fork. And you can look up online like a map of this or even videos, but a good video like title to look up would be search for something that has the description of like self lymphatic massage face. Mm, okay. And the lymph node systems in our head, especially when we have like what you would call a cold get clogged up. They're overloaded. They haven't been able to detox or move whatever lymph material through themselves as fast as they need to for what's building up. And you can do, <laughs> you can do like a push your thumbs into the lymph nodes on your face and kind of like work it around. But man, if they're swollen, that is a very painful option and it is effective, but it's painful. So, you know, to some degree pain is not necessarily the enemy of healing, but with a weighted tuning fork, these have like literal weights at the end of the tongs or the tines of the fork. And then there'll be uh, sometimes a larger, sometimes not a, sometimes smaller, more narrow, but there's a surface area on the bottom of the fork. So after you strike it, I think you might be able to hear this one. They're way quieter because they're weighted. They're not meant to ring out and they're lower frequency because of that. But you actually apply one end of the fork to somewhere on the body and you're transferring the vibration directly to the body in that spot. And doing that in the facial lymph node places is one of the things I was doing. And I could just immediately feel like my ears were popping and I could feel stuff draining in my head and down my throat. And unjamming the works up there like that caused it also to open up in my chest too. I wasn't even working on the chest. All these things are connected. And it's a lot less painful then massaging the lymph right on your cheeks. Cause that shit can hurt if they're swollen up. I mean, it helps, but it hurts. Yeah. The way the tuning fork is so cheap. So tell me so, if you guys can hear this. Yeah. Go for it. Oh yeah. You hear that Chris on the phone? I sure do. Yeah. It sounds like a, wait, let me put my other headphone on. Dude, that's rad. Yeah, so that's the weighted one. They're not very loud, but if you hold it up to your ear, you can hear it. Uh, and I actually applied it to like the side of my nose and the limp nodes along the sides of the neck. 
yeah. actually directly on my ears, like over cupping over the ear hole. And all of that was very effective and just got the works moving again. Then I busted out. <laughs> I have this humongous like hammer of Thor giant tuning fork that is actually tuned to the throat chakra 384 cycles per second, right. which is a G note. And this will be a lot easier to hear. It's so big, I have to hit it with a mallet. Yeah, but if you guys have, like, stereo headphones on, you should be able to hear this. Like, oh, yeah, really this good. will be way louder. Yeah, this will be really good. Is that coming through? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this would just go forever. Like, this lasts for minutes because it's so a fork. So how does this work? That. Like, do you, do you do certain frequencies uh, correspond with certain things in the body? To be honest, the coherent sound is what is important. And in terms of different frequencies correlating different parts of the body, yes, they can, if that is the intention that you hold for them. I got you. But okay. if all you have is like, I mean, you could do everything you needed to do with like a 528 or 417, I feel like those are good middle ground. Or a 174 is a really good one to work with as well. Very easy to strike and get a loud strike on because it's longer tines because it's a lower frequency. But for me, I'm a big fan of Selfeggio, and I do use different frequencies for different chakras with intention. And I think that works, but I think it's more because I've set the intention that this corresponds to this. And then... Because intention in this work is everything. Right. Basically tell, telling your body, this is what I want you to do. And I think that the whole process of biofield tuning, which we, <laughs> we haven't even unpacked like some of the mechanics well, of that, but it's amazing. I think that whole process is actually a language for communicating with the intelligence of your body or even someone else's body through your body, through this like overlap of electrical fields. But even that is just a metaphor because the whole process works remotely too. So you actually don't need the fields to be in proximity either. It's uh, there's a, there's a lot to it. It also demonstrates how simple <laughs> like these body systems really are. It's like, just let them do what they need to do. So yeah. What do you want to talk about with all that? There's a lot there. Well, I, uh, you know, I understand this from a, like a out of body experience type thing when it comes to listening to certain frequencies and, even like they're saying in the chat room, uh, the like resonant hemisync. Yeah, and like the resonant tuning that we do with our voices, uh, the Monroe techniques of the resonant tuning. That it's not really because people have asked me the same question that I just asked you about that, right? Like, is it a frequency? And I'm like, no. Literally, when people uh, when they exhale and they exhale stale energy and they just vibrate their voices in the most relaxed and authentic state it puts out an authentic vibration for each person and it tends to be super healing, right? So it's kind of like uh, there's something about just the vibration itself that is healing to begin with, you know? Oh yeah. Something people can do. And I, like I was doing this with my fork pointed at my throat, but you could do this without even a tool is just go from like a high range of like, or like start at a low and go to a high or from a high to a low. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it right now. And there are parts of my vocal range that are still not fully going to be wild. 
First time on Lighting the Void Radio, someone's going to go pitch to pitch. Let's hear it, dude. Well, I'm not a singer, so get get that straight. And also, (laughs) my my voice is still not going to be perfect in some range, but that'll actually be perfect for the example. Because, like, if you are doing this exercise and you hit a point where you can feel your voice gets weaker at a certain pitch range, then that's the one to hone in on and, like, keep doing that tone and try to improve it. And this is, like, self-tuning without even tools. If that makes sense. And your body will adjust. You'll adjust automatically if you're just like trying to make that tone come through clearer and better. But you just go like. Ah. You know, you could go higher. You, you go sound lower. like the tenacious D in the pick of destiny, dude, when they started doing that. Ah. <laughs> thing that was pretty cool (laughs) but yeah if you guys do that at home and like just pay attention to where it feels a little more wobble and a little weaker or harder to hit that tone or like you lose volume any of those things you'll intuitively be able to tell and you work that tone with your own voice that's actually like self that's auto correcting yourself that's self-tuning you can totally do that without tools yeah I, i figured this out experimentally i realized that and uh, super, super real. I like I could not speak this clearly. And also my flow of thought wasn't even my expression wasn't even this good. Like 30 minutes ago before I did this self tuning. And that is not even close to comparable to what you can do with like, you know, a practitioner and a client in a long term session where you're getting very exploratory and specific looking for energy blockages in the wider field the entire bubble space of their six feet off their body in all directions. This is so wild. I mean, I, there's also, yeah, you, well, there's also cymatics too. Like if you could actually see the frequency, those things were putting yeah. off, you know, then, you know, there's some real metaphysical stuff going on there. And Dr. Ibrahim Kareem, I've been trying to get on the show forever. He's into uh, biogeometry and biofrequency. He talks about, he's going around the, the freaking world right now giving these lectures because he scientifically proved that this stuff will change total environments and not just the vibrations of like tuning forks or or sounds which are definitely a big big part of it but also uh uh just geometrical figures as a whole having things it's like a super advanced kind of feng shui thing and i wish i could explain it the way he does in his book but yeah, I think what you're doing is tapping into that technology of, of something that's been lost for, you know, some time. And I don't mean lost, you know, like permanently, but culturally, I don't think we understand the healing power of sound yet, you know. The mysteries of the Logos are revealing themselves to me all the time and to all of us all the time. And it's a matter of how well we pay attention and how well we can decipher the language. Because part of the code is not just the tone, but also the like diction of areas meaning of words that actually are hyperdimensional. You know, yeah. we have our language, we have what a word sounds like to us and what we think it means and what we meant it to mean in that instance or what we assume it to mean on that page. But then there's every other language where that phonetical combination has some sort of meaning. And then there's the numerical value. And there's more layers too. And all of that is where the supreme being or the source or the 
great architect, whatever you want to call it. Sure. The, the Christ is whatever able to you want actually to call it, yeah. is always giving us a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, cracking a joke, always encoding its presence in all aspects of communication. Dude. And it makes sense that it is doing that because nature is one big interconnected communication <laughs> network. That yeah. is what nature is. It's a big soup of, you know, and a soup isn't even the right word because I'm talking about something that's really pure mental, hermetically speaking. <laughs> it's a big mind and a big imagination. And it's all one right. big thought, one big cosmic joke, you could say, but not a joke in a bad way. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> like, no, but you're right. In a fun it, way. It, it is all, I mean, you're speaking like, Definitely true hermetics here. I, Chris, do you remember when, um, so think about when we did the event, Contact at the Cabin. I had people doing resident tuning with their voices, right? And people were having out-of-body experiences. Think about what it would be like, Chris, if he was there tuning those forks while we were deep into that stuff, dude. Think about, man, well, we'd be, be launching cool. all over the place, I think, bro. You know, it's funny because I actually, I never really tried to launch someone out of their body with I sound. Bet you, I bet you could do it, dude. Because <laughs> my, my process is really all about like really bringing somebody into their body. But Chris, I'm sure you could go either direction with it. Yeah, but you had an experience though there, didn't you, Chris, when we were going through that? Oh, I think just about everybody did. Yeah. See, these are like fine-tuned. In, this, these are fine-tuned instruments, man. You've been doing this for a while. Last time I talked to you, you were getting... Well, the first time I talked to you, you were really getting into this. So now you're doing these uh, tuning ceremonies for everybody. So you can go to his website and give him a donation there on that PayPal or Cash App or whatever. And can you do this stuff like... Uh, well, obviously, you could do it all over the air because I just heard it loud and clear in my headphones, man. There way. Yeah, I think we did talk about this probably before, but... I know it's been a while since I came on with you and I've No, you were just you weren't like this deep into it before. I mean, you're this passionate about it when I talked to you before, but like it's moving fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, since then and now I've been majorly working with clients on a regular basis. Many mo most days of the week I have a client to do this with and That's so cool. So that itself has been the great teacher, of course. But I learned if people are interested in this method, it is my, one of my personal missions is to get more people practicing this because I read a couple of books by Eileen Day McCusick. Electric Body, Electric Health is the newest one. The one I really learned a lot from methodology wise is Tuning the Human Biofield, which I think is a 2012 or 2014 book, but it's been updated more recently. And reading that book, picking up a set of forks and experimenting on some friends I was able to basically come up with my own version of her method. And we can mm. kind of talk about that method more if we want, or we can get into other things or talk about sort of results from the process or theory related to it, but it totally works remotely. And like I said, self-taught in this, you can actually get classes from Eileen at the biofield tuning store, which is a great website to buy forks from too. But it is not as it's like not as far out as it sounds in terms of going from point A to point B. Like I learned about this in 2019. I may have be was start heard about it a little bit before 2019, but I started digging in in 2019. And um, practitioner practitioner wise, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I could tackle most any situation in the energy <laughs> field at this point. And it's 
remarkable because it really, <laughs> it really brings you into this whole hermetic perspective of life viscerally. You're able to tell, I mean, you're experientially able to know from doing this remote work, either on the receiving end of the practitioner end that separation and distance are purely mental concepts. <laughs> and it's, there's nothing like real about that. And uh, other things that are amazingly remarkable that you discover along the way is how similar we all really are, that we have different life stories and we have, you know, different settings and the order that things happen to us or through us may be different, but all that can be compared to melody. Melody is, you know, there's an infinite possible range of melodies, variations of melodies, but they're all working with the same chromatic scale. You know, you paint, you can paint anything ever with seven colors and you could continually paint with those seven colors forever and never run out of possible paintings. And that's the same with our life stories and with how our energy fields are. We're working from the same palette emotionally, situationally. And, you know, there's also like, there's red, there's light red, there's dark red. There's a range of how these different energy centers can express, but at the core, we're all working through the same problems. <laughs> we're all doing the same thing. And when you see that, when you see that from the practitioner side, really gives you a window into the fact that like we actually are one consciousness experiencing itself from a multiple multiplicity of, you know, vessels and perspectives but those perspectives are as infinite as the creative intelligence itself, the Supreme being itself. It's limitless. So there's a limitless number of stories being told with the same exact energy field dynamics. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I, I think, um, I don't know, like I have, I apologize, but I'm so quiet all right now, but my voice is like, I'm trying to heal this thing and I cough every free freaking 10 minutes but i think what you're doing um is amazing man like this is if at the very least i think at the very least right if you if you like there's all, all kinds of spiritual people spiritual people that's great but I, i'm on this i feel like i'm on this i don't know about you but i'm on this like evangelic mission to not wake people up to spirituality or metaphysics or hermetics but just to get them to the door right like if you just get somebody to the door and they have an experience lots of things will change for a person's life it opens it's amazing how much it opens up and this work that you're doing at the very least I believe we'll get people to a doorway, you know, a doorway that they said, haven't man. experienced, you know. There's a lot of truth in what you said there. Yeah, 100%. And, uh, you know, like, we're all, we're all doing our own things, even, you know. Yeah, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry, brother. No, I was just going to say, you know, I've been practicing all these other areas of metaphysics, but just within the last four weeks, I picked up this aluminum drum and it hits these eight different notes and I've been like chiming it to my keyboard and for whatever reason you know you you asked me if I have been doing any tuning for work and I said no but as I hear you talking it's it's like 
I basically have, but not with these forks. I've been using these instruments yeah. and just to basically ground myself. And I've been experimenting with it and by accident, kind of like you said, Chance, you found it by accident. And I think it does just lend a tool to, uh, to bring into one of these doors. Like you said, Joe, like it's, just to, outlet, to a, yeah, just to get to people to, yeah, just to get to a a door like you don't have to have an out of body. I would love for everybody to have an out of body experience, like a legitimate peel yourself out of body experience. That would I'd be so happy. But I would feel like part of my mission was accomplished if I could just at least help them get to a place of awareness in a moment that they've never had before, right? And uh, that's. Well, I think what we're all kind of trying, I think this is definitely what you're doing with this stuff too. I mean, I do like Oracle, like tarot readings for people too, but I don't, I consider my niche more like the, the out of body stuff, right? Like I know this is your calling, dude, is what I'm saying to help people with this, man. You know, I heard it Thanks, the first man. time I, I talked to you, as passionate as you were about it. And then when I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. The first time I talked, I'm like, what is he talking about? These forks, man. Like, I'm, because I, I kept trying to relate it to um, biogeometry, but you kept on, like, no, 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 like, there's some real legitimate stuff going on here. And uh, there is I, geometry to it, I've discovered. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, there's some things I've learned about it that were beyond what I read in the book, although probably. My teacher, Eileen, would have run into this stuff, too. She's been doing it for years and kind of brought the model of the biofield anatomy to all of us. But I want to back up on a few of the things that were said. I totally agree that it's not really up to anyone, us or anybody else, to be the ones that tell people what is what or how to do what. Right. Yeah. It's actually like getting someone to the door is the way. And you do that with the energy that you bring to the situation. Not what you're saying or what you're talking about, but the energy is what they're going to feel. They hit that and then they're going to want to know more. Like yeah. my adv advice for anybody about teaching their family conspiracy <laughs> or their friends right. conspiracies. Don't even bother. Instead, just live the best life you can. Totally crush life. And then people are going to, if they're ready, It'll they're going to want to know why your life is so good. And then they're going to ask questions. Mm. It's really not about telling people anything. I mean, when they ask, do, but the point is what happened when we asked, what happened when you started asking questions? I started getting answers. more free. That's what happened. <laughs> yeah, I, you got more free. Teachers came, answers showed up and the path continued to unfold itself. And it's going to be the same for them. It's so like, gonna, if we get them asking the questions, then, <laughs> or yeah. they, you know, they have to choose to, but we showed them the energy of what it looks like to be on the quest. Yeah, dude. Like, uh, I talked to Chris about this so many times and Owen and a couple of my friends, like people think, um, sometimes from the outside looking in, people think that like some people actually believe I have uh, like money and wealth and stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I'm just as poor as I was when I started this. Right. But they're like, well, how are you living there and doing this and all this other stuff? And what I'm trying to get people to realize is, is I all of these things like open my mind up to a different understanding of living, right? It, it's not even about money or success. I still pay my bills month to month, man. And I struggle sometimes, but it has no 
power over me the way it used to. And it's not because I'm on a power quest. It's because when your spirit really starts to wake up, nothing matters as much as it used to, you know. It's a sense of freedom. The other freedom, thing I'd add you tack just, onto that is the always what is needed for an up. environment is in the environment. Yeah, it's there. And you're an environment in an environment. <laughs> and if you're paying attention, what you need will always be there. And I know that's been your experience. But on the other hand, if you want to generate abundance without burning out, it's always important to just focus on health and your own flow state, oh, your, yeah. own, your own well-being. That current that you can hold, that electricity that you can hold in your body vessel, that prana, that life force, which is the only substance that, if you even can even call it a substance, exists. Really, like, <laughs> being able to hold more awareness is the outcome of having more physical energy in the body. But that right. physical energy is also like, you know, you could actually call it like thought power. But it has to power. start in the mind first, for sure. You're literally yeah. bringing thought into yourself or mercury into yourself. <laughs> the more that you can improve the boundaries of your vessel, get, you know, your Saturn right. But the funny thing is that I hadn't really thought about before. Uh, you brought up the aluminum drum, Chris. That is cool. Yeah. Because uh, I get a question a lot about the forks. People are like, oh, but aluminum is bad. Those things are made out of aluminum. Well, you're not That's smoking bad. crack off of them. I mean, what are they talking about? Like, just <laughs> vibrating them? You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Now, I mean, aluminum has its properties, but it isn't harmful. And it doesn't block energy transfer at all. It's a good conductor electrically. And it corresponds to mercury in occult correspondence, which I find interesting. Huh. So, yeah. you know, the forks and that drum you're talking about, <coughs> it, as a mercury correspondence i i find that fascinating his mercury is the one that's like carrying things alchemically from here to there you know it's the fairy man bro this is such a relief talking to, to you guys man like chance you know what i'm trying to say earlier about like the money thing like my point is is for the past month and a half everybody i've talked to has been like and don't don't get me wrong it's great but it's all been about like success and money and material driven stuff. The conversations keep flowing back to that. And I, I always feel like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't understand how to, I'm still trying to figure out how to explain the walk of faith to people, right? Where what you're talking about, you said it perfectly, whatever's in the environment, it's there already, you know, like, and I guess my mind has just been so focused on trying to help everybody with this since I opened up that membership site that it's, I don't know, man. Maybe that's what made me sick was stressing out how to, like, explain this to people, man. Like, everything that you need is here in droves for you if you just wake up, you know, t to it. It's all here for you. Yeah, man, it is. And on an energy level, too. There is a big correspondence to various energy centers with our ability to specifically how our relationship to currency yeah. even operates. Like self-worth is highly governed by the sacral chakra, which that determines like people may not have this understanding, but your self-worth in terms of a concrete belief. And I say concrete because it actually your belief 
about yourself creates a certain geometry in your energy field. Mm. That self-worth belief, conscious or unconscious, actually is a mirror to exactly what value you are given in abundance or lack. What you're vibrating, yeah. What you're resonating with. It is that word, resonance, right? Like you hear that word in the spiritual community a lot, resonance, resonance. But it's, it's, re it's a really good word to explain how to get into these kind of flow states with certain things. Yeah. You know, I mean, we can look up planetary stuff and look up astrology and there's some real merit to that. And there's some real geometry and metaphysical stuff going on there. But I'm still kind of hung on what you said at the beginning of the broadcast where... A lot of it is inside you and your intentions, you know, and sometimes we just need things to help us get there. We just need maybe a tool here or there to help get us back at that state, you know. Right. And the tools are honestly, they're just a symbol of our intention to do an act or to make a change, to believe differently. You know, no one's ever explained placebo. <laughs> I don't think anyone can explain placebo other than that what we fully believe it is, you know, it is so. That's like 80% and, of hermetics and magic, you know. People talk all yeah. this Dungeons Dragons and all this other stuff, but it's really 80% placebo. And they're like, well, that means magic is just psychological. Absolutely no. That it, I think it means something totally different because if it was just psychological, then you would be able to explain to me scientifically how the placebo effect works and you cannot. So you well, it is psychological, say, but the you can't thing say is, it's purely every, psychological. Every, we don't know that. Well, everything is psychological. In a sense. <laughs> like the, the realm we're in is a giant psyche. So it is psychological, but the occult, I think, the real value of the occult is being able to recognize that your psyche, your inner world is reflected in the outer world and the outer world is not separate. It's not, and you collapse that reflection and realize, oh, the outer world isn't just a reflection of my psyche. It is my psyche. It is the psyche. It is the soul. And now you've gone beyond like this little, little bitty me that is in the realm of separation from all to the all. And, yeah. you've, you know, you've collapsed the wave particle duality whole thing. And staying in that state in a full boundaryless way, that's not comfortable. So you still play the game of like, I'm my own separate me over here. But you learn to read the tea leaves, so to speak, and yeah. recognize that all the out there stuff is you talking to you or the supreme being or your higher self, whatever you want to call it. Giving I you am that I nudge, am. Nudge. It's the, I was talking about this last week. Um, I, I forget who I was talking to, but um, I think I was talking to myself, actually, you know, because uh, we we're talking about how Christ said, how the Jews said to Christ, are you the one that we look for? Or do we look for another? Because the Jews believed that the Messiah would come, so to speak. Right. You know, and he said, uh, I am right. And because he said, I am. That's what God's name was to Moses because he said, I am that I am to Moses. So they called him a blasphemer because they, they took the I am literally when I am that I am is the oneness and everything. It's the observer and the creator all at once, constantly just being aware of itself, you know. It's the only statement you can make about yourself that is true. Yeah. 
So if you were to go back in the day, me, you, or Chris, and they were like, who do you, who do you say you are? And you could say, well, my name is Joe Roop, but technically, spiritually, I am that I am. It's cool now, but if you'd have said it back then, yeah, you might have gotten crucified. So maybe we have, we've, we've come a little ways. We've progressed spiritually. I, I think, think so. <laughs> you know, I think we have Yeah, I to. feel good about it. I'm feeling like we're not going to get strung up or killed anymore, you know? Everybody's getting it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Uh, I'm you got like, to have sick. a little spice in the storyline. You know, what, what's a good story without some conflict? I think that's why the world is always going through those ups and downs. And as I think it was Alan Watts, he liked to point out how it always looks like the bad guys are just about to win. Yeah. Then right at the last second, the light prevails. I think that is kind of it's kind the of way true. of it. D- darkest before the dawn, what have you. But that's, you know, that's the fun of it. <laughs> I'm sure when the baby's about to be born and it's leaving that darkest darkness, it's probably, it's probably traumatic like, oh shit, fuck. this is horrible. This is not what I want. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, life. Okay. Every just, everything just leveled up. There's a lot more range of possibility and experience here now. Damn, dude. I thought, I thought, I thought about that before, just the way you explained it. Just like that, man. Like, yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's what life is. I think we're just jumping through womb portals eternally. You're just dying and re- like dying and being born or just being born, right? And everything is like death and birth are the same thing, but we don't understand that right now until we die and <laughs> are reborn again. We're like, oh, shit. It's like the same traumatic experience <laughs> over and over again, right? Like, Yeah, and I don't think there's yeah. anything wrong with that. Some Some people interpret that as like... Bad. Must break the cycle and get out of it. If there is a cycle to break that I think would be attractive to break, it would be to figure out how to retain your your, consciousness your, while your identity yeah. yeah, through the transition. And I think that there are beings on the, the realm now that have been doing that for a long time. I think a lot of them maybe are running shit. <laughs> well, it's funny but, you say that. And the journey is, do you ever listen to that book or read Journey of Souls? I have, I have. And, you know, I my experience in the biofield work is part of what informs this opinion. Although I'd had the idea before I got some practical uh, experience seeing maybe the possibility of this. And and that, I mean the biofield, our energy field, our bubble around our our body. And I say around our body, but really (laughs) I mean like, you know, in this model, your body is in your mind. Your body is in your energy field. Your body doesn't have a mind in it. Your body doesn't create an energy within field. the mind field. Yeah, the body is like the condensed inner core of this mind field that we are. Yeah, and so because cool. I can, I can specifically find. Like I had a client today. Okay, <laughs> I specifically was able to find. I wasn't necessarily looking for it, but I hit a point in this field where I was like, "Oh, right here." He was introduced to sexual things at too young of an age. And it made a bad wait. Were you mark in his energy field? What you were like doing a session with somebody, and you picked up on that? Yeah. Wow. Okay. But and you know, and honestly, it's a general. <laughs> it was one of those things where it's like a general. Probably my into my intuition had an easier time picking it up than some things, and, and recognizing it because sure. I've seen it before. Specifically, had seen it before in that area generationally. So, like. In our biofield, where stuck energy gets left behind, 
which pertains to memory to I'll get, I'll circle back to what I was trying to get at, but I'll finish this thought pertains to memory of something traumatic or something off balance that gave us a feeling or a belief about ourselves that we then crystallize in our unconscious. It's kind of like whenever you set a setting on your technology and then you forget that that setting was even an option and it's not an ideal setting for what you're trying to use it for. And you don't even know that you could go switch the setting. That's what a lot of these sort of traumatic experiences uh, and it, they turn into like self-belief that we forgot we were actually choosing to believe and we just left it set to that. So anyway, with this particular thing, you know, generationally speaking, people younger than a certain age, probably, probably people under 35, I would say. I mean, that's just a wild guess. There's probably some wiggle above and below that, but you know, there was a certain age group that had access to the internet as they were hitting like preteen teenage years. And then all the things that entailed with that. <laughs> and then there's certain age groups that had access to the internet, but like high speed internet at younger and younger ages. So anyway, uh, that obviously corresponds to the high likelihood of somebody getting exposed to sexuality in an unhelpful way too young in a way that can cause a well, bit you of don't, a, I don't think, well, I, I don't think you have to explain all, you know, I get what you're saying. But and so, I've, yeah, I've intuitively like picked up on people's energy like that, too. And it's I think it's something that a caring and loving individual can feel on anybody. Honestly, well, if you yeah. just turn into it, you know. Yeah, for sure. And there's it's what I, I bring this example up because of this idea of sort of generational or societal shared traumas. It's fascinating because the metaphor would be like if there was a forest fire and some of the bigger, stronger trees survived the fire, but then they got cut down later and you're looking at their stumps and you would see like there would be a mark in the rings of this tree on the stump of this was when that forest fire happened in that specific year. You can yeah. see it on this tree and this tree. So like the uh, scamdemic, same thing. <laughs> There's yeah. like a cooties. I call it the cooties zone. And it's common that I will run into something in people's energy fields at that age depth. And that one shows up a lot more because than oh. anything, because it's more recent. Well, it's my so belief that, that everybody has a level of, uh, sexual trauma for the most part, like, uh, oh, yeah. because of the, when you tap into the sacredness of the act to begin with, then you start realizing, uh, just how many people's hearts got shattered at certain times in their life, whether it was from, abuse or from the even their first heartache there's always a level of that there always um yeah and it comes with the territory of something yeah. so powerful that when you first start to experience that energy as with any time in life where we are going to step into a greater level of power the responsibility in that can scare us and mm -hmm. knock you know we can knock ourselves down a few uh, pegs so that it feels more comfortable. Like <laughs> I don't want this. I'm not responsible for this. Or I want a degraded version of this so that I don't have so to I feel don't like, have to feel exact dude. You, so yes. I don't have to feel, <laughs> So I don't have to feel right. So I'm going to accept society's messed up version of this thing. So I don't have to deal with, and I don't, I'm not blaming society, but come on, there's a lot of stuff and 
Hollywood magazines, MTV, well, whatever I mean, you name certain, it. You know? There are certain groups of people that on purpose saturate a culture with that type of stuff. and Because they know and, people are numbing yeah, themselves. It's a, it's a known strategy. I mean, it's not the... <laughs> it's, it's a known strategy. It goes back way longer than this particular empirical uh, downfall. Like, But that aside... The point is that the energy is being stuck in a certain area of the biofield corresponding to memory. In my opinion, experientially shows to me that memory is not stored in the brain, which of course most occultists are pretty aware of that anyway, or even people that <laughs> look at neuroscience and like, so did you guys figure out memory yet? Where's the no, filing cabinet of cells that has a neuroscientist don't even it. fucking know where it is, man. They don't know. Right. They, that whole idea of the brain as a hard drive storing memory in it, not accurate. Memory is energy. It's fluid. That's why mem is the Hebrew word for water, which is also the beginning of the word memory. Ancients knew this. Electricity is fluid. Electricity yeah, but, is more like but water. Hold on, though. I mean, at the same time, if it, it's been kind of known, if we lose certain sections of our brain, we do lose... Uh, our memories, so to speak, right? At least that's what's being communicated to people, that they they can't remember certain things when certain chunks of the brain are missing, right? So... Uh, yeah, but I think that that has to do... That's more of like a circuitry issue with yeah. the signal. Sig, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I... No, but I get what you're saying. Works, but yeah. I think it's a, basically the brain does do this job of routing signals of electrical current through the nervous system and then the wider expression of the field... It is like a control switch like that, but more in a filtering way. And yeah, I get what you're it's saying. It's like if the if the brain damages is damaged in, in some capacities or missing certain capacities, then that filter maybe they lose the ability to like raise and lower the curtain in some places or you know, bring in a certain part of the current. And also those brains can adapt <laughs> later on. The person can figure out how to access those memories and they call it the brain adapting. And they're like, wow. This person had half their brain removed, and eventually they could learn to do all this stuff again. Well, that so is can, to say, too. They different like, perceptions back. But remember to, back to what you said, Joe, about out-of-body experiences. Yeah, yeah. What, what is it that is seeing when you're out of body? What are you remembering with? What are you forming memories with? Right. What are you hearing with? All those faculties exist while you're out of the body, and you could be floating up at the ceiling looking down at your body. Yeah, and it's an, exact, it's an exact vivid, if not more real, than what you've been, yeah. So I, yeah, get what so you're I think the, the primary sense is the astral, like Manly Palmer Hall, I think, or, or Rudolf Steiner. I think it was Paul talked about hearing uh, existing on the astral realm first. This maybe is a Steiner thing. Uh, it's probably years. both of them, but it's definitely a Steiner <laughs> both thing. Of them. Yeah. And then on the astral realm, the sound is the real sound and is the more clear. And we get sort of a step down version of it in what we think is coming through our ears. But I've run into cases of people who were deaf in one ear and got their hearing back through working with their energy. I've heard of stories of people whose eyeballs were physically degrading from, you know, types of diseases that degenerate the cells there. And they do something that gives them catharsis in their life <laughs> in an emotional level and their eyes get better and they can see better. They can see even though, you know, the physical damage is there. And then the brain examples People damage brains. They get the faculties back. It's because the faculties are all pre. No. We have kind of this inverted belief about the order of operations. The 
the physical, just like physical tools and energy work. The physical is like literally your body's a language. Your body is a zodiac. Your body is nature. So the tools of your body, like the reflexology points or, you know, your hands, all of these parts of your body are ways that you, because you have this complex language called the body, you can communicate to the psyche of universe, of supreme being, of nature. This is what I intend to have happen. And I'm telling you with the language of what I call my hand, picking up this object and manipulating it in this way. <laughs> but the energy was the only thing that ever happened was stuff in the psyche of nature. And, you know, you're just really what's happening is that thought based movement, mental, mental flow, fluidity. And mm -hmm. so in the same way, the, you know, tuning process can be done with these tools and the complexity of it can be as simple or magnificent as you want. Like if you really you want to lay out candles and crystals corresponding to chakras and you say this tone, when mm -hmm. I play it, it means this chakra, all that. Start stacking correspondences all over the place if you want to. Right. I think the key, I think modern occultism, in my opinion, has really got off course in the way of like the way, what it thinks things are doing. So with stacking all those correspondences, a lot of occultists might think like, this I'm is power increasing the power. Yeah. Power level. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but really you're adding, I think what it's doing is you're adding more blocks. Simply you're, you're putting things in the environment to hold your intention so that your focus doesn't have to be like, end this, end this, end yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly what you're doing, man. Like, yeah. So like, you're like, okay, I'm setting this setting on the dial here with the form of this statue, you know, and yeah. what it means. So it's like a way of having more complex intentions to hold all at once. To stay focused on, to get your unconscious to stay focused on the intention. I mean, and this is yeah. the difference between Western practitioners and Eastern, like Eastern practitioners. Some people can, don't need it. They just don't need it. Like mystics, some other people that are really good at focus and meditation, you know, they just blow through it. Like, I, I can get to these focus states easily. Other people need Western occultism, and they need the whole story of the tarot and magic and the elements and stuff so they can work all that shit out. It just depends, you know. <laughs> it just depends, man. Like, and once yeah. it starts it's getting like worked out, then the you don't even, you, you change, you can change at any time you want, you know. And a lot of the props that I bring to tuning aren't because I need them, but because when the client through the call, they see that I have like the table laid out with all these candles and I have the crystals in the form of a body, you know, to someone that may have a little bit of skepticism, they're at least going to get comfort in the fact that, okay, yeah, there was a lot of preparation in this. He's, like, <laughs> right. he's not just half-assing whatever it is. <laughs> he's not just taking my money and hitting a fork on a tree or something, you know, saying you're healed. <laughs> you're healed. There have Anyways. been some pretty cool results. Do you want to hear a couple of the... Yeah, yeah, but uh, we got to take a break. I got to take at least one break for this uh, show. Okay. I forgot we do that. Yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? <laughs> well, we'll open up the phone lines, too. Chris is here, hopefully. He hasn't passed out on me. Chris, you got to jump in on no, this, man. Sorry. We're just going to talk, you know? I know. I don't leave a lot of wiggle room. I, I can really talk. Two radio hosts. I myself up for 30 yeah. minutes before I get on. <laughs> 
two radio hosts. Anyways, uh, if you guys uh, want to go check out the website, you can go get the Interverse podcast. I mean, you can Google it, but dude, I always like your site, man. I need to, I got to take a break, but y'all go check it out, man. Interversepodcast.com. All of the tuning stuff that he's talking about is links. It's in there on the website. You can go check that out too. We'll be back. I got some more questions about this stuff. And, uh, if you missed it, I'm going to give you a little replay, a chance here. If you happen to miss it, we'll be right back. FM. I want to thank uh, Gigi and Shift Happens for starting the night off uh, after the broadcast. The Jess Rogie Show will be on. Coming up tonight, our live guest tonight is Chance Garton from the Interverse Podcast. Also, I got Coach Chris here with me, co-hosting on the phones. And if you want to call in, we'd sure appreciate it. Because if you've had any kind of experience with sound or frequency that's helped you have a spiritual awakening experience, out-of-body experience... And especially if you've had any sound healing uh, with these forks that he's talking about here, uh, I would like to hear your side of the story, too. 1-800-588-0335 is the call number. We've got plenty of lines open. Any experience, I want to hear about this because I'm curious about this. And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on, Chance. It's good having you back, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm loving my time tonight. Been looking forward to it all day. And I appreciate you creating this environment where it's easy for me to feel enthusiastic and fired up even a little past my normal bedtime. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, thanks for having yeah. me back on, man. Yeah, uh, no thanks. Problem. Shout out Mark Steves for doing all that booking work for everybody everywhere all the time. Yeah, he does definitely do that. And for having, and thank you too for helping me, Chris, because I needed the backup tonight and you're like one of my best friends. So thanks for helping me co-host this, even on the phones, dude. Thank you. My pleasure, man. That'd be cool, Chance. You should get out there to Shasta in February and bring them forks with you. Yeah, dude. Yes. Oh, interesting. I'm going to California next month for Music and Sky, which is a festival being thrown by Mike Winner of the Alpha Vedic Alpha Cast. Mm. Love that show. DJ Mike is awesome. It's going to be this a, a festival. A music festival. Really? Yeah, but about. Mm, Probably smaller than, you know, the big corporate nasty drug fields. <laughs> I say drug fields because a lot of festivals I've been to in my life might as well have just been an empty field for I love those drugs. drug fields, but I know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> this is going to be more of a family jam, but there will be music and yoga and teachers and speakers, and I'll be there with my implements, and that's going to be going on from October 13th to, like, 15th or 16th, I think. Where? That at? weekend in... Uh, I think the the venue is called like Celio or something. It's a camping venue in SoCal. And okay. I'm not exactly sure geographically where it's at, but people can grab a $50 discount off their ticket with my coupon code. I think it's chance 50 at music and sky festival. That's I'm cool, really excited man. about that. There's going to be some heavy hitters there in the alternative health and wellness uh, I say alternative, but even that word is such a hex because you're saying alter native. 
<laughs> but it's actually inversion because the allopathic system is what is very natural. And what true holistic health and wellness practices are about is actually aligning with the nature, aligning with what is native to us and in our environment. So, you know, even calling this stuff alternative is like you've just undone the intention of what it was supposed to be verbally. <laughs> A lot of that going on in our No, words, this though. is cool, dude. I'm at the website, musicandsky.com. You'll see, you can find Chance's uh, picture there with his dog. And you can see the whole lineup. And Dog not included with ticket price. This He's is rad, man. Home. Like, this is, it's in uh, Cuyuma Valley, California, October the 13th through the 16th. Um, there's yeah. camp in there, deluxe tents, bell tents, on-site Tickets showers and with, bathrooms. Um, it's pretty meal, rad. Meals come with your ticket price, and it's like farm-to-table organic meals every meal. Family dinner. That looks rad, dude. It really does, man. I'm excited about it. <laughs> Very excited. Oh, about that. Jim Gale's going to be there. That's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, even Eileen Day McCusick, the tuning fork guru herself, is going to be there. Have well, you met should, her in ha- person before? You know what you should do, and I'm going to say this publicly. You should go like you should walk up to that lady and be like, "Listen, we need to do some kind of partnership here because I'm changing lives with this stuff you're talking about." You know, I'm serious, man. I should, I should talk to her in person about that. I mean, I never really broached it outside of with her team doing a, yeah, that's a good idea. We're talking shop a little bit here, but I yeah, think I we would work something I like would, that out. Because you're that passionate about it, bro. If I was yeah, it, I'm probably like, your biggest fan in the world, probably. Exactly. Yeah. If Robert Monroe was alive today, I would be up probably up his ass almost every day. Be like, look, dude, I'm. I'm doing this thing, right? Like, I'm helping people. It's not good for your circadian rhythms. The sun doesn't to, shine on you there. To be up people's asses? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think this is really cool. Like, I feel like I feel like you and I have walked a lot of the same paths, but in different ways. And we're doing different things, but I, I don't know. I think we're helping people, man, for sure. Like... If you're being asked to go do the stuff at events, then you're helping people. That's all there is to it. So hats off to you, brother. Big Thanks, guy. man. You know, I would love to give an example of how what really the the true magic of this work is, is in how it gives somebody a boost that is helping themselves. I yeah. think that that is the truth about it. Like the people that come to me as clients that are doing the work on themselves already consistently and then they come and get a session they have the biggest and best results so (laughs) and that's because like what we're working on is your energy field which is built by your mind so if you come and do a session and then like in the back of your mind you're like yeah but i don't really want to change (laughs) then what are you doing right (laughs) like what are you doing it might it might not be that good for you i mean don't get me wrong after the tuning you might decide you know i do want to change i feel better don't get me wrong but if you're like already fully committed to changing what you need to change and you have a lot of awareness about what those things are and you've been doing, hitting it from all angles, then you'll have a better time. So quick example, a few weeks back, I've told this story a few times in a few places, but it's brief and it just, it's one that blows my mind. I know it's all possible, but like, wow, that's dramatic. Guy came to me for a session. I believe he was like 65 or 55. And as I was doing my thing, I discovered that he had 
a geometry imbalance in his field. Like one side of his energy field was expanded out longer than the normal range. And then on the other side, it was kind of retracted. So imagine instead of being six feet off the body, both sides left and right, it was like seven and five, right? Gotcha. I think it might've even been a little more than that. So I told him about this as I was working on like altering the boundaries, (laughs) Uh, like getting them pulled in and pushed out as appropriate. And he told me that his hip, I knew that he had hip pain. I didn't know this is how dramatic it was. He told me, that because of his hip misalignment, that one of his legs was six to eight inches shorter than the other one because his hip was so pulled in. And I did all of the energy centers I checked to make sure that they were like the same uh, relative size and balance left to right. So literally like working on the geometry of his field more than, but some stuff in the interior of the field, like stock energy moving that but really just getting the geometry right. And that also includes the toroidal field, like holes in the donut above the head and below the feet. Those can get off balance very easily. For most people, they tend to float into a spot that's not exactly perfectly aligned in the middle. You know, if your energy field's job is to suck energy in and then push it back out in a perpetual toroidal cycle, you really want it to be the, the holes to be in the actual middle and, you know, lined up vertically, stand up straight, so to speak. So we worked on all that geometry stuff with this guy. And three days later, he emailed me that he had gone into his chiropractor who he had been seeing regularly for adjustments. And he had been doing prescribed like stretching and exercises to try to help his hip. So he'd been doing the work on himself in a lot of ways. He went into the chiro and the chiro was like, Yo, uh, why are your legs the same length now? <laughs> what did you do? Whoa, that's... This should have taken weeks right. of adjustments and stretching. And he left the chiropractor and he did like a stairs workout. And he hadn't even been able to go upstairs without extreme pain before that. And he did a workout on the stairs. The body follows the energy field completely. And that, that was a really dramatic example. But stuff like that is totally possible. Dude, that's really cool, man. That's that doesn't that should be talked about way more honestly. Like this whole thing should be talked about way more. What and there's doing. other ways to do it too, like the forks and and the biofield anatomy. That's a language, but I've heard similar results from people working with like magnetism. And I think what matters is that you have a language that is clear enough and you understand it enough that it can work as like a mental scaffolding or communication technique to tell your body exactly what you want intentionally and to understand the message back from your body, exactly what its current status is. And then you put your awareness and your focused attention on the balancing of whatever crisis is going on in the body based on it communicating back to you. And that lets it auto tune, auto correct, self correct. That's why that method I talked about at the beginning, just putting your voice through the whole range up and down where does he, where do you hear the wobble? Where is it weak? Yeah. <laughs> like if you guys are really going to help you, if you guys, if anybody's had an experience with this stuff, man, you please call in. If you're thinking, Oh, I should call in. Cause I call in. I want to hear about this, man. Also, um, yeah, me too. You're doing, uh, with one 800 I don't even care if it's small. I need to know like everything about this stuff. Cause I'm fascinated by it. You're also got a couple of, uh, audiobooks out the one i wanted to talk to you about was a july's end with black swans that you narrated that's pretty cool 
You got a good voice, man. So it's cool that you're reading stories too. Thank you. Thank you. That is by my buddy Dylan Sicosio. <laughs> if there's anything that you get into from my podcast, go check out the episodes with Dylan. Dude is totally Dylan on Sicosio? fire with the original research. Yeah. Yeah. He's so good. Okay. I'll check it out. So his book series, Spirit World, is about what I was telling you off the air, the phonetic Kabbalah. And not like Kabbalism as in the tree of life, although that's part of it. Yeah. The phonetics of that all connect to, but it's about the transmission or receiving the logos from any language anywhere. It's about recognizing the keys that the potter or the father left in the patterns of speech and language and mythology that reflect nature and ourselves so that we can actually see what is and isn't true by being able to compare it to the pattern or the potter, the father's design. And that's the very simple nutshell way of putting it. But in, you know, in truth, this work that Dylan's done, it compiles like a lifetime for him of study. And this whole book. So we should get this book for sure. And it's concise. They're not super long books, but you know, you're going to learn things like in this one, this is three of a four book series. Although you can jump in with July's in with black swans. I think that's a really good one for people to start at. If they're Wait, no, familiar. I want to get the one I need to start. Which one should I start with? Well, Joe, I'm not saying don't start with it. <laughs> I think they're all worth reading, but yeah. the first book, the first book, if you're kind of familiar with astro theology already, yeah, I am. the first book will be like a review and you'll probably pick up details you didn't have. And it'll be good. Uh, is that but, the the deaf Phoenicians or is that spirit? Yeah, world? that's the deaf Phoenicians. But if you want to like from the, you know, you want a really good primer on astro theology, start with book one, deaf Phoenicians. Book two is more about the legal system, sorcery and Vatican control system through language uh, sorcery. So also a good book. But if you have some familiarity with like the the spiritual aspect of our legal system, uh, per like straw man and the corporate, the corporate nature of it all of countries being corporations and like Unum sanctum and the Vatican declaring ownership over all the souls of the earth and all that's the kind of stuff that's in book two. Also really useful information. But if you've studied in those arenas, it, it's not, you don't have to read these books in order is what I mean. Oh, I got you. I got three as, credits available. So I'm getting uh spirit world and July's in with black swans. Beautiful. Definitely. Thank you. I appreciate that too. Uh, Cause I get, you know, some commission for that since I worked on the project and July's end. I really love this book because it's more of like an art project because at this point in the third book, Dylan has given you the keys of the pattern. He has deepened his understanding of the keys of the pattern. And now instead of sort of like synthesizing other people's work, he's really demonstrating that once you have the, the keys of the pattern, you can pull out the syncretism from anything everywhere yeah, all the time. You don't have to and he just starts buy doing into it. a dogma, man. Right. Like you can see the pattern in nature. Like, you know, mainly P hall talked about this too. He said, look, and I, I put this quote in the beginning of every show it's in the intro. I said, the teachers are not books, right? Even though we learn a lot from books, but the teachers are in nature themselves. It's all around you. If you can just see it and pick up on it, you know, and I believe 100%. the logos is like the biggest mystery school. You know, when I first started learning about the logos was through the work of Dr. Stelianus Ateshlis, which he was more of a Christian mystic, but uh, kind of has a little bit of a background to the Essenes 
but he still talked about the logos religiously like it was he explained it kind of like you're explaining it in a more older school traditional way but that the logos was this you know um what did he call it uh what did he call it he called it infinite alternate no infinite loving beingness permeating itself through the divine logos all the time you know yeah they say god is love yeah <laughs> well once you have the philology to the tools to like start doing what in the occult they might call green language or the language of the birds. Mm -hmm. All right, let's just look at the word love. L O V E. Well, what does the letter L look like in love? Also looks like the letter I. So if you had I O V E, you would pronounce that Yove. So mm -hmm. when we say God is love, we're saying God is Yove. Who is Yove? And then we could go down some, further rabbit holes and deep in that old Canaanite God systems looking <laughs> at all this stuff. Yeah. Well, we just begin to see that everything is talking about the same one eternal yeah. uh, triune being in this. And the sun is the perfect symbol of that in nature. Not that the sun is literally it. And it becomes idolatry. If you, and it becomes worship beast, anything external beast worship. Yep. Yeah. But <laughs> in but using the sun as a, teaching tool and metaphor that I think the reason why the idolatry happens is because as later generations lose the keys of understanding their forefathers, uh, mythologies and tools and artifacts, they begin to fetishize. Right. And, well, even the sun uh, itself, man, I, I had a big long, it's like synchronistically that you're saying you this talk with it. I had a big long talk with a, a listener of mine who paid for a coaching and he's like, Whoa, He's like, I, I'm not, I'm a little afraid of sun worship. I said, whoa, 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 dude, I'm not, I'm not doing sun worship here. This isn't what I'm doing, right? He's sun like, sun is a teaching tool. Yeah, but teach it, about you. He's like, aren't you adoring the sun and things like that? I said, dude, I do all kinds of different meditations and prayers, but I do not worship the sun. The sun is a lo is the symbol or the logos of a representation of a very powerful, loving thing that my heart understands. But I do not worship the sun, you know. It's not the same thing at all. And it's my, in my opinion that the black sun symbolism that is pervasive throughout occultism and mythology and the fact that a lot of these sun gods of like almost all of them from Osiris to the, even, uh, you know, the black Madonna holding the, the baby Christ. Yeah. The fact that these are so continually depicted as black. And if I went and pulled out my reference, I could tell you, specifically could just rattle off names, name after name after name of deity depicted in black. <laughs> and even the beings that we don't consider to be deity, but are that were, clearly, that were corresponding to the sun and cast. Yeah. Systems. Allegory for the sun, like Abraham, yeah. you know, Abraham means, so you have Abram, which is Ab, which is father and Ram, which is the most high. So Abram, high father, and then Ham or Ham is black or darkness. So Abraham, high father of darkness or black, that's the sun. And there's two meanings there. That's the sun in winter when it's more dark and there's less light. But also I think the reason so many of these savior, Messiah and actual deity archetypes are depicted with the black is because it's about finding. And they're also the sun is because it's about finding the internal sun, the sun that's inside of you. And yep. by that, it's the, you know, the inner light, the, 
That's the real Christos. I mean, Christos derives from a few places. One of them being the the Vedic uh, Krishna. Krishna means black. (laughs) So it just never ends. But it also corresponds to fire and oil and all kinds of different things that go back to the sun too, you know? Yeah. And uh, the other correspondence to Christos would be Crestus, which is Greek for good. So, you know, if Christianity was kind of honest about in, in the Vatican sense, especially its origins and where they got their name, they were probably called Christians as a corruption of Christians. This is knowledge I picked up from Dylan, but in the fourth book, which is super good, I'm working on the audiobook for that now. It's called a, a God's Acre for God's for a God's Acre for Winds of the Soul. Right. So he points out that the Christus word in Greek is good. So Christians would be good fellows or good men. So the original church fathers in Italy, mind you, they're calling themselves good fellows. Mafia. mafia. <laughs> it's almost a, it's almost like it's a weird simulation programming joke of etymology all the time, isn't it? I think it's I think some of it is intentional. I think there is even, as some researchers point out, like a cult mockery from a, a ruling class, maybe. Or even um you know, maybe spiritual entities interfering too that kind of create some of this synchronicity as a a dark joke. I do think everything at its core is humorous when you finally yeah. get to the truth of it. And it's because you're getting more lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, it's all. So, yeah, yeah but, I see what you're doing there. This is getting I to think be a paradox. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's going on. I do think a lot of the uh, synchronicity and language and syncretism is natural. I think that that is what comes out of us is that like the truth is all that exists. So anything that is not the truth doesn't exist. Lies don't exist. Now we can tell lies, but we're doing that with fictional terms and words, which don't feel actually lies exist in nature, too, man. You know, the older you yeah, get, I mean, you can just feel the some bitches when they happen. And, so they don't actually exist in nature is what I mean. So they yeah. don't have, you know, they only have existence in the conceptual, uh, in potential. And then what we do in nature, what does, you know, result in physical nature can be influenced by what isn't real. And I think there's something very deep about that, that we could talk about the uh, fiction and artificial influencing the real and like <laughs> well, that's what for sure happening. that's a whole other rabbit hole. And then in collapsing that paradox and realizing, wow, even that cycle is actually only reality that ever was there. <laughs> well, and when you, you look know? and when you look at uh, when you really start digging into this too spiritually, like practically what I mean, not just meditation, but meditation in a sense where you're starting to have extrasensory uh, experiences, right? Whether they're out of body, lucid dreaming, deep meditation, whenever you start to come in contact with the illusory things that are in the astral realm, you'll find that, that, uh, that vibration means a whole hell of a lot. And you'll even start to vibrate things that don't make sense to you. And this all started kind of adding up to me when I got into the Gnostic studies a long time ago. And their God names were, the they would use the names of the vowel, right? So they would just meditate and vibrate E-I-O or A-I-O-U, right? And then 
when I heard Terrence McKenna talking about the machine elves and he felt all this love and all this stuff. And then he would even try to mimic what he was hearing in these realms and vibrating it. Right. Uh, and then you listen to a baby, like a, you listen to when a baby says before it's taught anything, like listen to what is vibrating. So things don't get really etymologically fucked up until uh, man gets involved with it, I don't think. Because in the spirit world, like, it's a whole lot of vowel sounds and vibrations of crazy things, at least in my experience, you know. <laughs> yeah, you got me on a trip just imagining baby making, babies making different sounds. and yeah, They make vowel sounds like crazy when you first... I've been around enough babies. Yeah, they'll do consonants and start trying to form words, but if you leave them alone, they naturally just vibrate vowel sounds. The it's fun thing about philology... Crazy. The fun thing about philology and those different vowel sounds is that from any one language to another language or even within the same language and you're just going to different dialects or regional accents, mm -hmm. basically every vowel can be interchanged with every other vowel. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, there's actually just the one vowel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I think the vowel of L I think when McKenna and babies and the stuff that happened to me when I was out of body trying to vibrate certain things, I think it was really, the collapsing of the separation of sound, it, so to speak. Like, there's just this one vibration, you know, and you're trying to express it almost, you know. But because I, there's that It's filter, hard to talk about. It's you know? hard to talk about that thing. <laughs> it's hard to talk about that experience. And uh, you yeah. did a good job. I'm trying, bro. But, like, yeah. I've dipped my toes in it in some experiences myself and, you know coming back with anything even remotely intelligible in terms of how it's to impossible. describe. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah. There's one vibration. Yeah. Yeah. There's, <laughs> and it's literally a vibration and to tap into it, it has to be felt. And then once you have that experience and then, you know, a lot of fear just goes away for you because exactly. You're like, Oh, <laughs> this is a, like a jam session. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, what I am is this existence that always has and will exist. Yeah, this is just a jam session. That's my new favorite quote, Chance Garton. It's just a yeah, jam session. <laughs> I, I struggle with a lot of people that get into Gnosticism and they get hung up on, like, the body is a flesh prison, you know? Dude, no, see, that... There's a, these archons, illusions, uh, man. Look, I, I, yeah, I did you, this you whole broadcast thing, about even... Okay. Well, here's what I want to say. Whatever. Even if there are, I'm not going to live like that. Like whether I, you think that you can or you can't, you're right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Like, look. so they're there, but at a certain level, you actually put them there and you ask them to do that so that you could do what you're doing right thank now. Thank you. Thank you. I know some people are going to get and mad. Uh, you can just go right past at the time that is right. And when you decide to, you just go right past those things and they'll just be part of the one vibration with you. Or you could look at it like, I talked to Chris about this a long time ago. Like, you could look at life, take the Joe Rogan approach, okay, in a spiritual sense. Let's say life is this place with archons and... There's very uh, few things I would take the Joe Rogan approach on. But, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> you know how he tells everybody you're your own hero, right? But it's what everybody's doing. That's the thing now to say that. But in a sense, if you want to go that route and be your own hero of your own comic book, 
then spiritually yeah, like you're the you need main to character look, of a video game. You need to look at all these things that you're afraid of that are oppressing you as something to conquer to begin. Just start there. Don't start playing the victim like, oh, you know, oh, it's a slave society. And we're like, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with yeah, it, dude. The obstacle is the course. Yeah. And as soon as you st- start, you quit playing the obstacle course game, your inner child gets really bored. Actually, it wants <laughs> to do the obstacle course. Yeah. Then you want to say, okay, well, if that's an archon, for some reason I've had an awareness that I know I am one with the all or, or at, on a human experience, on a human interpretation, I'm a child of the all. And if you want to get super dogmatic, I'm a child of God and so are you. So if that's an archon, I think I can take it. I think I can take it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Love it, man. <laughs> Yeah, I really like Love it. The, the metaphor of leaves on a tree, a larger tree of life. Yeah. You know, we're, we're buds off the, the Buddha. Dude, I've had people go to town with me on this argument. They're like, no, but you don't understand. We're so separate that we're weak. And then I said, okay, you still got to play the game. Even if you and the to- boogeyman is the reason why I suck. Yeah, and dude. the boogeyman said I can't do it. So yeah. I believed it. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, in occultism where they put the really good information behind some scary symbol. Yeah, every time. Like Baphomet. I talked to yeah. fucking Sam about this three, Sam Tripoli about this three or four times. And he's so cool to me, man. Like that dude has got some major balls in the conspiracy field to even have me on there saying that kind of stuff to his crowd. But he wants to hear about it. I'm like, dude, you guys... Most of you guys that are yelling about Baphomet haven't even read Eliphas Levi's version of it. The very first time it pretty much came into knowledge for the most of us. And there's still a bigger backstory to that symbol. And thirdly, and finally, it's just a symbol. It's not that damn powerful, honestly. It, it has all the power that it's you get. as powerful as you make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah That's man, why right people on. talk about Illuminati. Why is Jay-Z doing this? Because he knows it works on your mind. That's why. You know? Because you're fascinated by it. And you're giving him power. You're talking way. about him right now. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> That's the loose. Yeah, dude. Psychic vampirism is highly worth researching. You know, at a certain level, the psychic vampire strategy, once they're found out, their strategy is it's just over. like, how do I keep... Well, it could be, but there's also another layer of the strategy of like, how do I keep their attention still focused on me now that they know I'm the bad man? And how do I stay the bad man in their mind so that there's that tether still connecting us where, you know, I'm on a pedestal. It might be a pedestal with like a, a dark red, scary spotlight. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, and they're calling me names, but like, they're still, I'm getting that loose. That's what, that's exactly what it is. I mean, Crowley was the first guy that ever showed us how it was really done, you know? Oh, yeah, the great beast, 666. Yeah. Everybody talk about scary bad man. Yeah, and he was like, my favorite, inter- my favorite like, uh, interpretation of Crowley was in that show, Strange Angel. Uh, did you ever see that show? His buddy walks into the, he's like, you're no. Aleister Crowley? And he's like, you know, Aleister Crowley's got... Uh, Parsons thinking that he's this crazy astral traveling magician. But when his friend, the scientist, actually goes and seeks him out, he's just wadded up on the couch shooting heroin, getting super fat, you know. 
scaring Nailed everybody it. with his like, you know, his yeah. letter. <laughs> That's what it is, dude. I, uh, you know, those like AI art generators where you type in a phrase and it spits out art. Yeah. One yeah, of the, dude. One of the wildest ones I ever got was I put in Crowley wearing women's clothes. What? And I got this weird, like two headed Crowley with these like demon wings and. Oh, man, that AI art generator thing, that's some that's just, a weird corner of the logos. Bro, it gets things weirdly right, too, is all I'm saying. I just talked about this the night before last. I was playing with it with Jess Rogie on the air, actually. The uh, artificial, what the fuck just happened? Hold on. It heard us talking about it. And yeah, now. the artificial intelligent like art thing, that's crazy. I've been having a lot of fun with it. What'd you type uh, in? I typed in Alistair Crowley wearing women's clothes. <laughs> it gave me like, it gave me like Crowley and his demonic attachment in one depiction. It's pretty funny. A little Let's scary. See. We'll see what it does. Women's clothes. But it gives you something different every time. Oh, it's going to give me something different. I just want to see what it is. It's a slot machine. It's the new slot machine. It's the new attention slot machine. <laughs> Have you seen these, Chris? These just artificial intelligent art just, generators? Just pay me a few more seconds and I'll give you the best one ever. One more, one more, one more, one more. I find myself experiencing a similar mentality as like a slot machine with, with that. But I, I love it. <laughs> I it's think it's genius, fun. Whoever made it, you know, as far as money making concerns. Let's just watch another ad. There you go. Alistair Crowley. It's not giving me a shit. I think you broke it when you did it. <laughs> you Maybe I'll it. email you the, the image later. It's a funny one. Well, we only got a few minutes left. I, I'm sorry I couldn't get anybody to call in and tell us about their tuning sorry, it's experience. A board game. But whatever, you know. Like, I know some of you guys that are listening have had an ex Let me ask you a question here now that we got a couple minutes because I've been meaning to ask this. Um. So, have you noticed that any of these tuning sounds that you vibrated actually kind of like uh, kind of like Constantine does when he shakes the Beatles thing? Actually, you could use them to exercise neg negative energies, and I mean in a very real, like metaphysical sense. You know, when I come again back to everything being language, right? Everything being a structure that we're playing within intellectually that gives us the ability to express our intentions either more clearly or less clearly, depending on the, the language and our abilities with that language to be concise and clear. So that being said, for me, when I've, when I'm working in the biofield, people's energy field, I could interpret stuck energy as demonic attachment. That's right. one way you could interpret any and all stuck energy. The reason for that is because uh, energy and mind, they're not really different. Mind is the potentiation realm that energy comes from and gets its flavor from. So mind in our energy field can compartmentalize part of itself and create a, a stagnant energy that isn't in flow with the rest of it thus not communicating with the rest of it because you've forgotten about it. You've put it back there, hid it from yourself. So that is like a, a sliver of mind or beingness, the one life force energy that is all. Gotcha. Is now 
Now, in this experience of division and separation based on belief that holds it into that structure. Okay. Because of that. Gotcha. So, that, okay. so it's a little sliver of you, yourself, okay. that is being held in a configuration of pain, usually some kind of pain, hmm. something not pleasant that you don't want to feel, but feeling it would heal it. We, uh, right. We only got a couple of minutes here, but I, I'm glad someone called 406 area code. You're on the air with Chance Garten. Who are we speaking with? Hey, Joe and Chance. This is Kathleen. What's up? And I'm just uh, to share um, the only experience I ever had with tuning forks is I can remember when I used to play the guitar, you know, and had to use a tuning fork. But I always liked that, that sound. But I guess the closest I've had with out of body or healing. Uh, with frequencies like that is with crystal bowls. I used to um, listen to a um, mm. spiritual service that every morning they did crystal bowls for oh, at least 15, 20 minutes. And that was, um, they, they, that's a lot like a tuning fork and, um, you know, the different bowls. And boy, they'll put you aligned, you know, it, uh, They'll, um, you can get out of the body and they can put you in alignment if it's the right tune and it it just hits that part of your pineal gland. It's just amazing. So I guess that's the experience I probably had with the frequency sounds. uh, So you never had it with the forks, but you had with crystal balls. That's cool. Yeah, because they're very, they're similar because they, they kind of hold that hum sound for a long time, you know? Yeah, this, yeah the, uh, the way I compare it is like one, the bowls are like taking a bath in sound. They can clean all kinds of things, metaphorically speaking, uh, but you might not really know where the dirt was. <laughs> so the surgical nature of the forks are where there's a bit of an appeal. So like you would be able to pinpoint directly certain spots that you were helping and know what it meant and why it was there and when it happened. Not that... One is better than the other. One is sort of just like the spray it all down with a crystal bowl. The whole the whole environment is going to be filled with this coherent sound. Your body can do a lot with that, and it's great. And then the forks are like, let's get surgical. Let's get technical. Let's find exactly the point that focusing our attention on could bring about a giant breakthrough. Fantastic. Thank you for calling, Kat. You're very You're sweet. Thank you. Cat always because she's like, I'll call if nobody will, you know. <laughs> well, let me wrap up the last thing I was saying in a sentence is that you could conceptualize stock energy in the biofield as demonic and it operates that way functionally. And if that's the language you use, it'll operate that way. Or you can just look at it as a part of yourself that you're bringing back into flow. And I kind of prefer the latter because it's less of a, a boogeyman and more of an integrating mindset. But that being said, there are, you know, non there are consciousnesses that are not physical that are out there that are not part of you in this meat suit and you can interact with them. And that's a whole nother story, <laughs> but generally it's mostly people's own energy that they turned into a demon of sorts. Mm, and at the gotcha. bigger picture level, actually all of it is like that. It's just, we're in a biofield inside of a biofield inside of a biofield. You know what I mean? Well, uh, speaking of getting out of these biofields, we got to leave this biofield, this show right now. Uh, it's been yes. fun, man. Thank you. Thanks for um, coming on, guys. If you want to hear more of this, go check out the Interverse podcast. There is a ton of badass shows there, guests. You'll hear more, hear more chance. Like he does, he talks about.
just about everything in this field. And I know you guys will love him because I love him. He's one of he's he's a brother from another mother for sure. So go check it out and uh, check out the shop and everything too. And uh, Chris, thank you for helping me co-host, brother. I appreciate it. Heck yeah, man. Good to meet you, Chance. Don't hang up. I want to holler at you about guys. You guys, time, uh, guys, thank you. Uh, stay tuned for the Jess Rogie show. Thanks, Jess. I love you. Sorry I went over. Good night, y'all.